This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 241. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mad Cat. Hello, hello. And Ian. Nope. Oh, nope. No Ian. How about Mac? Nope. No Mac. Well, then, I guess we leave the best for the last, the dumbass himself. I am the cause of and the solution to all of life's problems. 42. <laughs> I, I believe that. I, I, I can accept that answer. All righty. <laughs> How's everybody doing this evening? Well, Ow. <laughs> doing pretty good. Ow. Did I? Oh, it's a bad pain day. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully it's a good brain day. Oh, well, we know how that goes with me. <laughs> All right. Well, we got anything going on? I don't, even Ian didn't, he's not here, but he didn't leave anything for us to, for, to hawk this week. I guess he's tired of us hawking his stuff for free. <laughs> my goodness and we were giving him great suggestions for more books too i know we, we certainly were it, it was i'm um, just the most complicated <laughs> hooks and storylines and very intriguing uh character descriptions yes we have the best character descriptions everybody says so yeah we know a lot of character stuff <laughs> Uh, that I think we can back that piece up. All right. Well, back it up. <clears throat> let's get on with it, shall we? Mad Cat? Oh, uh, yes, what? I yeah. get to this again. Yes, you do. <clears throat> it is now time for Ian and Dumbass's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. So what we have here is so this is yeah, so Mac left this for us, and then yeah. and then we didn't and uh, he's and not here this away. evening, and that's because we didn't record last week because I was painting and uh. doing other housework, and uh, this is from Gizmodo. And um, it says here, so he, his title for this was Gulls Just Want to Have Fun. And it, and it, is, it is pretty funny. The, this, this, uh, this gull is playing with a dildo. And Another I, gull came around to play with it as well. And, and basically they were just tossing it around. I, of course, the, the fact that it was a dildo was probably immaterial, but it is, it was, it is pretty funny that, you know, that they, they were tossing this thing around and playing with it. Yeah. Quite a few people got... Uh, Offended by it and everything. How are gulls supposed to know what this thing is? And they were not trying to play with it in the human fashion. No, they were not. So it's just gulls playing with something that we think is funny. Yes, that's that's all it was. And and that's just how low we'll go for the masturbation segment. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. While we were talking, while you guys were talking here, oh. I don't think uh, this is a very satisfying masturbation moment. Okay, good. Uh, I looked up, uh, I looked up uh, something else to put in here. Okay. Found this article. I'll just paste the link in there for you guys to go to. We can fix that later. But I found this article, which uh, uh, has the uh, provocative headline, How Can I Take My Masturbation to the Next Level? Well, I'm always asking that question, dumbass, so why don't you give me the answer? <laughs> We are so uh, excited to hear this. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is uh, uh, 
in a monthly sex talk column, uh, answering uh, questions here. The question here um, from Alice in Charlottetown. I'm a masturbation. I'm in a masturbation rut and do it the same old way every time. Got any tips to help me spice up my solo routine? So, <laughs> hey, wait. Um, can, can I suggest your favorite type of masturbation? That's prone masturbation. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a callback to uh, a long time ago. How long was, time that, ago. that was like. Oh, God, four yeah, or five was, years ago. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah, when I had that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> when you were arguing with people um, on Reddit. <laughs> yep. Somebody was wrong on the internet. <laughs> but you fixed him. I did, uh, as I tend to do. Um, so uh, he, he, uh, here's uh, one tip that they give here. Be more mindful. Um, and I'll read this off. According to Roberts, uh, uh, wait, I'll get the full name for you so that we uh, give the Kat, Caitlin K. Roberts, a Victoria-based somatic sex educator. Um, so yeah, she says, um, uh, a mental drift can occur in masturbation where you get lost in the thoughts of a fantasy or watching something sexy on screen. He says, mindfulness in masturbation offers the gifts of noticing your pleasure in a way that you maybe haven't before, she says, suggesting starting this practice in the shower. Something that can be very task-oriented, getting clean, can be turned into a delicious self-pleasure experience. How does the water feel as it hits your skin? How does your scalp feel as you wash your hair? So basically, the idea here, um, mindfulness is about, you know, just... Uh, exploring the ways that your body reacts and i think like in a kind of a buddhist way um to uh just uh and try things out in new ways and explore the way your body reacts to them i think this, um, yeah, this is this is a type of uh reference that's used for an awful lot of uh ways to be more conscious of what exactly is going on with yourself uh just uh put towards the sexual matters in hand don't you think that most people are rushing through masturbation anyway, right? I mean, that 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 they just, just want to get to the end, right? I don't know why. I mean, it's much more fun. Although you know, there 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 is a uh, a, a very um uh very big community of edgers who uh, uh will try to keep it going for as long as possible. Yeah, I'm 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 pro that for sure. Let, let, <laughs> it's it's the journey, not the not the destination. So uh, her, her other piece of advice here is admire yourself. Um, put on something uh, you feel super hot in. Um, get to a mirror and admire yourself. Take pictures. Um, acknowledge the beauty of your body and how taking the time to ad adorn and preen can be a way of worshiping and honoring yourself. And I guess that's a lot for self-consciousness. Just like self, uh, uh, you're self-conscious of yourself as a sexual person um and uh and how you love feel giving you more right exactly I, I think that it maybe i'm wrong about this but in particular i think that a lot of times women don't like the way they look yes mm. and, and 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 i mentioned that there's guys that do too but i think i hear about it most you know about women who who don't like the way they look for something and man if, if i think that if if you can get past that and appreciate your body for, you know, um, that that sex is always going to be better. Masturbation is always going to be better. Be comfortable in, you know, in your skin. Um, and that's probably easier said than done. But I, I think that these kinds of activities might be a good way to, to start, you know, going down that direction. Because they're, it's solo. It's just you. 
take the time, appreciate, love your body, and 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 and, and let it feel. And and I imagine that you know that the experience is going to be much better in the long run. And then when you do have a partner, since you already know what you like, you're already comfortable with your with your body sexually. You could you and your you partner can, can experience each other better, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, the and, third tip, in oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, and an awful lot of what goes on with women uh, for not loving themselves or loving their bodies or how they look, uh, there's a lot of pressure for people with the way people look at uh, look at different forms of beauty, and a lot of people like to point out negatives over positives sure yeah and even yourself mm-hmm. go ahead cuz yeah it's uh it's a lot harder to look in the mirror and see yourself as a sexy being a lot of the time i think well you can preen all the time whenever you like <laughs> right but that's why i'm <laughs> suggesting that masturbation is a really good time to start doing that and start experimenting with it exactly mm-hmm. Um, her third piece of advice, uh, is, uh, to fantasize. Um, basically, um, he says, uh, if you find yourself going in the same fantasy over and over, uh, make a point to try out a new one. Um, and, um, there, there, there are a lot of, uh, fantasy options you can choose from and, uh, of, you know, you can look up lists of, uh, different, uh, things that get people going and maybe some of them will work for you too. Um, it's, uh, it's always fun to explain, expand your horizons in that set setting and find new things that you never thought, uh, would be a turn on for you, but actually are. Yeah. And so what I, one of the things that I do that I would suggest that people do is I, I take, um, all of, uh, all the audio from dumbass and I put that on a loop and I masturbate to that. It's, it's I mean, great. you're not alone. Uh, I get, <laughs> I, I mean, I do that too for, for you know. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Um, regarding uh, what you were, uh, we were talking about prone masturbation before, her uh, next one is try a new position. There you go. Um, could be propping your legs up against a wall, flipping onto your belly, doing it standing up in the shower. Cheap and easy way to uh, breathe some new energy into your solo sexual life. Change your political ideas? That's what? a new position. Your, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no wrong position as long as it's comfortable for you. <laughs> oh, she's Other a, ideas oh, that she the, puts in here, um, like if you have a handheld shower head, point it at your clitoris. There's a lot of waterproof um, text to- sex toys now, which she suggests you know, that you can use in the bathtub. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. Well, also when it comes to shower heads, they have different settings and different uh, speeds and different... Um, uh, different uh, these particular uh, examples, uh, yeah, these particular examples seem more geared towards women, but I, I suppose you know you could uh, think of similar things for men. Yeah, you can use do the exact same thing. I mean, all over your body, everything. Why yeah. not? I think that I think that sounds like a great. I think that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the next uh, suggestion: think beyond the clitoris. Well, that's definitely uh, uh, aimed at women. Uh, there are a lot of uh, areas in the uh, surrounding um, uh, vulva, uh, the oh. pubic mound, I guess. Uh, uh, vulva, labia, menorah. I mean, there's lots of parts down there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like uh, one, one tip that I've heard before too, like uh, it, like even just like not like inside the the lips, but just like uh, around outside the lips, r- rubbing around there can uh, 
before doing anything else can uh, cause the tension to build, you know, taking it slow. Um, one, uh, one tip that she gives here, try pressing down just above your pubic bone midsection. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, the, uh, um, the uh, clitoris is much bigger than people realize. It's about six inches long, right? All you're seeing is, is the tip of it. You know, when when you're looking at it, so it's it's a much bigger organ than um than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there are a few uh, other uh, like just any like your inner area, uh, the entrance to the vagina, urethra, like uh, any place around there, and like maybe like explore touching. Uh, I would say other parts of your body too. See if you have like different erogenous zones that you know aren't uh, any of the normal ones that might you might really like uh, if they're touched or stroked. True enough. All right. Yeah, and also like different uh, textures of things, um, of course, uh, such as uh, uh, feathers, paint brushes, uh, things like that. This is this this, and of course, uh, butt stuff. Of course, yeah. This article is from thestar.com, and if I'm being honest, it's more insightful than I would have expected from a from a site with that name. (laughs) 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 Because it sounds like a tabloid. Oh, Midnight Star. <laughs> All right, what else we got here? <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, the next uh, tip is restock that toy drawer, um, which, of course, uh, a lot of uh, women and men get uh, uh, a great deal of pleasure from using sex toys. Uh, there are a lot of varieties uh, of them that uh, uh, you might find uh, one that uh, becomes your new favorite. And orders pizza for you. <laughs> I forgot. And apparently, about that. the uh, the uh, well-known magic wand is uh, near universally loved from Hitachi. And you can toss out the one with the crank for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so many callbacks. And uh, the last tip here: invite your partner because mutual masturbation, of course, is always a very fulfilling activity. Nice. Plus, give yourself time with each other. What I like about mm-hmm. this article is that it is very much... Uh, well, I guess the it was a woman that asked the question, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it's more female-oriented, but I think that's great because... I would imagine so. I think there's more stigma towards women masturbation than, than even men. Um, so I think that's great. That's true enough. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's move right along here. We're, 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 gonna, we're moving into some more fun. Oh, is this okay. some, what did I put in here? Oh, no, oh yeah, okay. So Ian put so Ian put the uh, the article. We can do Ian's first. Um, uh, so, um, world Mad oh, Mike Hughes was known as a homemade astronaut. Ugh, I had this set to not you know to to mute everything, and it doesn't always work. Oh well, it was kind of interesting hearing that. <laughs> so, uh, so Daredevil. And and it says and flat earther, but I'm gonna put flat earther in quotes because I I think that there might I think that he that just might have been a marketing thing, and and I'll suggest why why I think that. But either way, he had built, and we talked about him before because this was not his first attempt. This is his second attempt. So so Mad Mike uh, Hughes it says died Saturday in rocket crash. Hughes 64 wanted to prove the Earth uh, the flat earther theory. By photographing it um, from the Earth's from the Earth, uh, photograph the Earth from a homemade rocket. So, wh- so now this rocket is a it was a steam powered rocket. Um, so that so it wasn't 
it did everything it did would need to do with the uh, with steam. So basically, the, you know, they heated it up and then fired it off. And uh, and he was hurt the first time he did it, and this time he was killed. Um, yeah, he didn't learn the first time. Well, okay, but here here's the thing about the guy. So the article that I put in there. Um, so uh, the first article was from CBS News. This one is from News Weekly. Flat earther Mike Hughes prepares to launch himself 500 feet into the air in another homemade rocket. Now, number one. It's homemade. Well, but that's not even the problem. There's there's people who build rockets all the time, right? This, but th- this this particular rocket, you know, carrying there's, a person and all of that water is, is you know, that's that's quite a bit of weight. Um, let's see. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Normally they don't put a person in those rockets. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time he got to an altitude of 2000 feet in another homemade rocket before, uh, guiding the vehicle down successfully. Um, and and so his goal was 5,000 feet, which still is not that high. (laughs) I mean, it, it, 5,000 feet is not even as high as Colorado or in the Rockies, right? From, from California where he was launching. Nowhere near even airplanes fly. Exactly. Nowhere even close to 35,000 feet. But I, I guess they don't believe air, uh, air, um, you know, that, air, that, uh, that they fly that high. It's like, what? just go get in a fucking plane. <laughs> I, 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 which, is, which is crazy. You can, you can easily do 5,000 feet or better in a plane. So th- to, to me, this was really not about um, the rocket at all, right? This, this was about Mike Hughes in, in being a daredevil. Mm-hmm. And... and and I think that that's okay, right? This is what he wanted to do. So while he died in the attempt, he he died doing what he wanted to do, right? I think that he very well knew that this was, that it was a possibility that he wouldn't live through this. Um, but one of the things that he did he did say, uh, and this is a quote from him in this article: "I want you to understand when I do these interviews, I say a lot of goofy things because that's what people expect me to say." He said. Um, but I never said, uh, but but I never see. But I never said ever that I was was trying to prove the flat Earth with this rocket. It's to raise awareness, to inspire people to dream, which is what we used uh, used to do in this country. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to inspire the next man or woman or boy or girl who challenges the world because it because it needs to. Or because it needs it, so that's very much deeper than I would expect. Yeah. So, so here's and the thing: is that the the whole the flat Earth thing is 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 a promotional thing, right? It it's, it seems like it's added to it. He's not claiming that, um, but yet you watch the videos, and he does say that he's trying to prove that the Earth, uh, you know, that that you know whether it's it's flat or not, right? He he, you know, that that's what he. It's definitely in the videos, but. Yeah, he's he says that stuff. It, it's about getting people to to watch him and 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 maybe to inspire other people to you know to to live their dreams. So there, we we can sit back and and criticize the method here if you really are trying to prove that the Earth isn't flat. Put a fucking camera on a balloon, right? Yeah. Um, there's much safer ways to do that, but that's not what he was about. He wanted to launch himself in a rocket, and he did it, <laughs> right? So. Although it's not really as inspiring if you die in the attempt. Well, yeah, um, it it, it would have been better if he'd lived for sure. And unfortunately, it looks like the parachute may have gone off too early, 
and got caught in the thrust. Uh, I'm not sure what all happened there. Um, but one of the so, but this article talks about. Um, let's see, we'll have a 95 to 100 gallon uh, gallons of water uh, in it. At uh, see, and then it has him in it. Uh, let's see. It will create a 50-foot shock wave. A controlled explosion is basically a controlled explosion. He was he was launching it at an 80-degree angle, so not straight up, and it had uh, 1,800 pounds, uh, uh, I guess, of thrust at launch time. Um, so yeah, oh no, it'll be around 180 pounds at launch. So it doesn't say how much thrust they needed, but I mean, somebody could do the math. I I, I don't I don't know all what all the math is, to, but if it weighs 180 18 pounds. 1,800 pounds, and it's and it needs to launch 500 feet. How much thrust do you need to get that much weight up to 500 feet? And can you? You're not going to make a with, few math, are you? Right. No. But but my <laughs> question is for for somebody for for some physicist out there, is that is that enough water? 195 to 100 gallons of water, superheated. So and basically, so basically, it explodes out the back. Is that is that enough? To propel this to five thousand feet, I'm not sure that it is. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much thrust would be required to to put that into the air. Of course, it, because it's water, the propellant will be expelled in the process, and it will, um, you know, so we'll get lighter as it goes. So I I don't know who did the math for this, um, but I'm not po- I'm not sure that that five thousand feet was obtainable. Um, five thousand. W- yeah, I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, you'd think that would be something you'd want to like quadruple check the numbers on. Yeah, so I don't know. This article doesn't say that, but he was a he was a limo driver. Um, it was his full time job, and then he did these stunts. That guy with. So I, I I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's not it's not as inspiring because he didn't live. But I feel like the flat Earth part of this was secondary. He did get five hundred. Five thousand feet. Five thousand feet. Did he get there? He he got two thousand the first time. He got two thousand the first time. I don't think he can do five thousand with it with that much. I don't think that I don't think that the, the I don't think with that the calculations on yeah, I'm, I'm what sure. exactly he had. I mean, the amount of thrust that that it takes to get up that high, it, you know, it, it it's significantly more, you know, than what he did at two thousand feet. So yeah, I, I don't know. That this, this, is, this is perfect podcasting uh, right here. We've got one of our one of our members <laughs> off talking to somebody out of range. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know, but do you hear the meowing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we are professionals. Yes. We are professionals. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure that I believe that this was about the flat Earth. This this was about a, a, a this was about a daredevil in in his dream. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems interesting that uh, uh, every uh, headline I've seen about it uh, talks about him being a flat earther, even though he never said that this was about his flat Earth beliefs. Yeah, and he was gonna he was gonna see if it was flat when he got up there, right? That's what he was, you know, that's what he said he was gonna do. Um, so I, I don't know, right? It certainly makes yeah. links a lot more headlines that way, mm. and I think he knew it. You know what would have would have been cool and uh, inspirational if he managed to get up to a, a height to see uh, the curvature of the Earth and admit that he was wrong. But isn't I mean he would have to get up to like I mean where, where's the stratosphere? Twenty thousand feet? No, actually, you'd have to get up a lot further than an airplane. You can see it from the str- well. You can see the curvature from thirty-five thousand well, yeah. feet, and so, but, but the what the the stratosphere is what um, the the extreme jumpers have done, right? Um, mm-hmm. the, isn't it? You know, and they essentially go up on a balloon with a platform and then jump off. 
So the highest skydives in the world. It's a lot easier to to deal with than uh, you know hurling yourself up in a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, exactly. There's better ways to do it, right? And um, mm-hmm. if you look if you look up the the Red Bull jump, um, you know they show all the video from that him going up and and you know and you get a you get a view from up there, you know from the stratosphere. It's a fucking ball, <laughs> right? It's it's. Uh, I don't know, but what but the, of course those were all faked by NASA. Yeah, exactly. Right. All that NASA. Well, I just, every time I hear about this, I just start chuckling because there used to be a TV show where uh, an ex-astronaut or something made his own uh, rocket in the back of his yard or something like that. Junkyard astronaut. Anyway, so what, what, here, here's the thing. <laughs> is that what the, this reminded me of Jesse Combs. And so the fastest woman on four wheels dies in crash while trying to break land speed record. So she, so Jesse Combs, and I, we might have talked about this. She was she was a MythBuster for for a short amount of time. Oh yeah. And uh, she and, and she she had set the land speed record on four wheels. I think it was three hundred ninety ninety eight miles per hour while driving North American oh, Eagle Sonic. With the rocket on the top. Exactly. It's a, it, it's it's a it's yeah. yeah it's a rocket vehicle. And while trying to set the, the, the second record, um, she she died. And she had done it the first time. I think that she, she had done it the first time, and, the, and they were doing the second run. Because I think that to do that, you have to do it twice, right? You, you have to demonstrate that it, that it can be done more than once. Um, I'm not sure of the plot rules on that. And, but she, she, um, she died at the age of 36. But and while, while it's, it's said, she, she died. I mean, it's, it's said for the rest of her family, right? She's gone, but she died doing the thing that she loved doing, and it was dangerous, and she knew it was dangerous, and that I think could be also said for, for Mad Mike Hughes is that he was he died doing what he was wanted to do. Well, I mean, a lot of people, uh, it's actually uh, better to die doing what you love instead of dead, you know, dying to what you don't love. Uh, for instance, uh, I always watch uh, this one show, uh, this one. TV podcast uh, by Brian Barchak, and there was one time he went to his friends, the uh, it's called Nerd, because he had been having a lot of dreams about dying from dealing uh, from uh, playing with a white uh, cobra, and his friend actually bought a white leucist leucist no uh, pure white with red eyes cobra, and he went there to to uh, see if he could handle it, because he handled snakes. Oh, wow. And, and did it work? <laughs> or, or did it kill him? <laughs> well, he didn't get killed by it, but oh, okay. a pretty um, aggressive snake that wanted to kill you. There you go. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, he got to see it anyway. Yeah, but so... he did say, you know, what's better than to die doing what you love? Sure. There you go. And so, yeah, and so, I, and so I think that I, I, I feel like the flat earth part of this is a red herring. I don't think it matters whether he's a flat earther or not. He he was he was doing a stunt, and 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 unfortunately he didn't do it safely. Yeah, yeah. and I think there there is um, a lot of uh, like in the skeptic community there's, there's an inclination we want to just uh, shake our head, say what a dumbass. Um, True enough. And you know, um, but uh, yeah, like, like I always uh, uh, say, I, I am a dumbass myself. I my heart goes out to other dumbasses. Well, but here's the thing: is that he was he was sixty some years old, sixty four, sixty six, whatever. He had lived a oh, life. 
This is something he wanted to do. He didn't do it stupidly. He knew it was dangerous, right? That was part of the thrill is that it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. He knew it was dangerous. He got injured the first time. He went back for it. Yeah, that, that, that's again. basically the definition of being a daredevil. Sure. That's exactly right. So I, I don't think that I, I, I don't know that the guy was stupid. I don't know that he's a flat earther. I don't all I know for sure at this point after reading through this stuff is that he had a dream and, and he went out and he tried to do it. Well, yeah. if, they t- if they took away the title of this and just got rid of anything to do with the flat earth, or you wouldn't do know any different on what was meant. Yeah. Except for him doing an evil Knievel thing. Exactly, right? Well, you, if, it, if this was evil Knievel, it, w- it would be like, oh, that sucks. Oh, evil he- Knievel would not stop. Right, exactly. It was, he loved doing yeah. it and even being broken up and everything. He loved doing it, even if the insurance companies said, ah! Right, and this and this may not be the choice that I would make, I would right? Make. And I think that's okay. Um, I think it's okay that he made a choice that I wouldn't make, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly younger than he is, right? And and uh, and I don't want to go get myself killed, but I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see any reason. I mean, we can criticize criticize whether he did it safely or not, but I mean, he, this is what he wanted to do. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's always uh, sad, you know, with somebody trying to do something like this and, and they die. I mean, like, sure. Well, let's not minimize that and just shake our heads at him and say, oh, what, what an idiot flat earther, you know, uh, especially not like anything like we're glad he's gone, you know, take another flat earther out of the thing. It, it seems a little bit People do uh, say harsh. Like that. It is harsh. And maybe maybe we should just appreciate the fact that the guy had had some balls and 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 went out and did something that he wanted to accomplish whether whether he was successful or not he had the balls to go and do it i mean the 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 guy made headlines he 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 did something that captured people's attention and imagination uh, and that's a really cool thing well and the other thing is that i don't think the world is flat and i'm not convinced he did either Based you think on, maybe that was just an act he put on in order to try to? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he did. I, I but I just I, I I feel like it's it's a it's a little bit irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And we just hope that he didn't have anyone to try to get any um, insurance off of. Well, anything. Yeah. <laughs> insurance not going through that one. All right, let's move on. The best and worst way to spot a liar, dumbass. What do you got here? <laughs> Well, yes, uh, you might have heard of um, body language experts and uh, the ways they, they tell you to spot micro expressions to tell uh, reliably if people are lying. Turns out that uh, it doesn't seem like that's uh, really a thing that people are good at because um, uh, the study after study uh, tends to show even when you look at Trained police officers who are are trained to uh, read body language and stuff like that, and uh, this was a part of the whole um, the whole stop and frisk nonsense thing. Police officers thinking that they could uh, uh, identify people just by their behavior as doing something criminal and stop and frisk them. Right? Uh, turns out, it's basically you try try to tell somebody's lying by. Uh, by their body language and trying to figure out micro uh, expressions, uh, you're basically no better than uh, flipping a coin on that one. Or using uh, the old, old uh, little things that you put in your hands, the little metal rods. To I mean, uh, oh, dowsing. Oh, yes, a uh, little better than dowsing, right? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Nothing's better than dowsing, baby. 
everyone in um oh what's that called? Uh Dowsing's a funny one because failure after failure, right? And and when and when they had the million dollar challenge, re- routinely dowsers would come in and, and uh and fail uh those tests. Right. Right. You know, to <laughs> trying to find remember the bomb detector that was a dowsing rod that that company sold thousands of Oh yeah, of? that oh, that was ridiculous. They liked that at the um uh what's that called that uh I I was trying oh. to cover for you, Mad Cat, so you could put your thoughts together. Uh, well, my thoughts, were, my thoughts all of a sudden went into a downward direction. I was doing pretty good there for a bit. You were doing great. <laughs> you you had a moment anyway, of clarity. One, one study, studying 20,000 people, managed to find only 50 out of them who managed to make a correct judgment with more than 80% accuracy. Wow. When, uh, when they're trying to see if somebody else guessed that somebody else is telling a lie. And... 50 out of 20,000. I'm thinking that might just be a uh, random chance. I think that's lower than random chance, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I didn't do the calculations on that. Do you know how to anyway, do the calculations on that? I could figure it out, I suppose. <laughs> High school did not help you that much, did it? What do you know? <laughs> since since no. you bring it up, Matt Cat, how do you do that calculation? I have no clue. <laughs> I was just trying to tease him about his ability. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got my old uh, college statistic uh, book somewhere around still. I could probably oh, I look through that. I never got in, uh, that stuff in college. Well, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's really fucking low. 50 out of, <laughs> yeah. of 20,000 people didn't were, were no good at this. And, and, and even then, it was still only 80% accuracy. Right. That well, so more than 80% accuracy. We don't know uh, exactly oh. what the range of these 50 people were, but okay. yeah. It, it's, it, it's very low. People people are nowhere near as good at uh, telling people's lies as they think they are. No. And the machines don't work as well either. Um, at least the old so, yeah. ones. I don't. Th- I think that they. I think there's still reason to believe that they haven't got much better. But <laughs> yeah, my brother was um, brought home one time by a police officer. Said he got through the lie detector and everything, and he had just been a kid that was accused of stealing and everything and he was so innocent and this is with the police officer standing there with my brother and my mom just starts laughing her head off you believed him really (laughs) 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 all right what else you got dumbass keep going so yeah you might have heard of the most uh, famous example of this of bill clinton touching his nose when he denied his affair with monica Lewinsky which uh, a lot of people think is a sure sign that uh, he was lying. We know he, he was lying, of course, but uh, was this a sign of it? Yeah. Probably not. Well, and, uh, and you know, like uh, often like the, you, you'll see videos of people like uh, pointing out what they say are micro expressions that uh, show that a person is lying or something like that, which I, I think is probably easy to do after the fact. You know that the person is lying. Look for something that look for a look, a very brief look that he gets on his face that might show that or something. Uh, I think that, that that seems to me the equivalent of data mining. Yeah, it could be. P-hacking. But anyway, there, there is one uh, method that they, they've tested out here, and they find uh, actually, you know, has a better chance of working. It, it's it's not as sexy as microexpressions. Microexpressions, I know, is a, a really fun kind of thing to think about that, uh, oh, your, your face will be subtly giving away clues as to what you're really thinking, even if you're trying to keep a poker face and everything. We don't have control over this. I, I'm really um, fond that... of a big-breasted micro-expression. <laughs> Ask Elvira. <laughs> Ooh. But the twir- th- twirl those tassels. 
in different directions. I have no idea how she did that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did want to disrail you that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the thing is, um, there there is actually no consistent signs. There are no consistent signs that arise alongside deception. This is from uh, someone named Ormerod. Uh, did they mention him earlier? Anyway, who uh, is at the University of Su Sussex. Uh, some people will giggle nervously. Others will, you know, become more serious. Some make eye contact. Some avoid it. So, like, uh, how you react when you're lying is an incredibly personal thing a lot of the time. And uh, if you maybe uh, know somebody's tells or something, you can have a good chance of de detecting that. But just some random person that you don't know much about, it's very hard to uh, to tell uh, reliably if they're lying. Like. Uh, say you see uh, signs that they're nervous, they're they're fidgeting or whatever. Like um, especially uh, police officers might notice this, but people do tend to get nervous around police officers, especially when they're being questioned by a police officer, right? Sure, of course they do. I mean that that's the problem is that is that it, the moment they start questioning you, you're you're likely to be nervous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's and no like good. And give away inaccurate signs. Mm -hmm. So. What they've done is uh, they, they, uh, they, they've done a, a, a new study here where um, they've basically, let's see, Thomas Ormerod, that's, uh, that's the team here that was being tested on this uh, at airports uh, across Europe. He, he had uh, planted people arriving uh, at security, giving them false histories and made up futures and stuff like that. And uh, the team had to guess which ones were telling the truth and which ones worth, uh, weren't. Um, just one in a thousand people uh, they interviewed were set up to be uh, deceiving them. Yeah, people looking at body language and looking for uh, facial expressions. Just uh, uh, they performed uh, as you'd expect from all the the other studies uh, fairly poorly on this. Uh, a more simple method of questioning had a much better result. And I'll go over uh, the the detail of this uh, first. Use open-ended questions when when uh, asking people uh, about uh, whatever's going on. This forces the liar to uh, expand on their tail until they become entrapped in their own web of deceit. So yeah, uh, have a lot of questions, make them open-ended, make, uh, make the person have to make up things about their story as they go along, you know, so they, they don't, they don't just have to, can't just rely on stuff that they've remembered and uh, look for consistencies. That, that's a pretty self-explanatory way to look for lies. Um, another, uh, uh, suggesting uh, employ the element of surprise. Um, ask them unanticipated questions that might be a little confusion, confusing. Asking them to report an event backwards in time, which uh, I uh, was curious about. I went and looked at. I can't. I can't find exactly what they did because that's behind a paywall. But I, a paywall. But I imagine you know it'd be something like um, okay. So so if you're questioning something about an incident, like so you, so you found uh, the the place like this. Uh, what what were you doing before that? And then uh, what were you doing before that kind of deal, I, I think, is what they mean by that. Um, get people to, you know, you, you basically got to try to get them thinking on the spot as, as things that are difficult and confusing in order to try to trip them up. If this hmm. train is going at 850 kilometers and is trying to get to this place, how fast is the trade number B going? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think uh, that's exactly what they mean, but... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh, wait, I, I thought it was if if one train is traveling at 80 miles per hour and the other train is traveling at 30 miles per hour and they're heading towards each other, what color dress should I wear to the party? Purple. Purple, okay. Red. Red. Oh, damn. 
No blue. Ah. How about put it in the middle with purple, purpley red? <laughs> blue and black. You should wear a blue and black dress. <laughs> Wait, you mean gold and white? I certainly do not. Good day, sir. <gasps> I said good day. Yes, you did. But you said sir, so that's not at me. <laughs> all right. You're all be going down there to give you a kick in the arse. <laughs> um, the, the other uh, ne next uh, tip, watch for small verifiable details. The example here, if a pass uh, says they're at the University of Oxford, uh, ask them to tell you about their journey to work. Uh, things like that. Sure. Um, what color their address was. And, uh, yeah. So ask them, ask, them, ask them details about whatever you're uh, talking about, like small details uh, that they can explain to you. And if they don't seem to know the small details or if, the, or if uh, they give details that don't match the reality of the situation, that's a, that's a sign that they could be lying. Also, the next one, observe changes in confidence. Uh, when, when it's, uh, like when a liar uh, isn't, uh, doesn't feel like he's in charge of the conversation, might uh, feel like uh, they're losing control and, uh, you know, not have as much confidence in what they're talking about. Losing control is a difficult one. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the, control, you don't know what they're going to do. Using these techniques, uh, they found that... Um, uh, the team was 20 times more likely to defect, detect fake passengers uh, than people using, you know, body language and stuff to try to find them out. So while it's better, it's it's still not perfect, right? It, it's still... No, of mean, course yeah. not. There There is no 100% perfect way to uh, to tell if a person is lying. Even lie detectors, the lie detectors are basically a uh, little better than... A coin flip most of the time anyway, even yeah. though uh, the police like to use them and stuff. Well, yeah, a lot of the but, people, especially people who do these things, make a lot of claims, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there are some people who might have a specific way of of uh, reacting to it that it does work for for that person to see if they're telling the truth or lying. Sure. But anyone who's extremely sneaky, like my brother was, not a chance of hey. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's sometimes pathological liars who are who can who are better at making up the details and stuff like that might might be harder to catch. Mm -hmm. So I, I had two books to re recommend on these topics actually. The first book that I, that I'm going to recommend it, and probably the best book is called Mistakes Were Made but Not by Me. And I, it, I will second that book. It is a great book. Okay. And in this book, um, it talks a lot about how detecting you know, whether people are liars, and and it and it goes through a lot of research uh, looking at police officers who who you know are supposed to be expert witnesses and stuff like that, and who are who think that they're really really good at telling the, who's lying and who's not. And in um, in every study, th they were they were no better than the average uh, average population of seeing who was lying and who wasn't. So this idea that a, that a police officer it was better at it was absolutely false. And so this book um, is uh, completely backs up everything that was found in the, in this more recent study, as far as watching for body language and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder. I'm sorry. And then the the next book, and 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 I recommend this book, knowing that um, it's probably that this is that this will at least give you an idea of what people are thinking about when they're trying to employ these techniques and what they believe is happening. So. Um, the the Joe Navarro is considered an expert I as far as in in body language, and he and he's a he was an FBI agent for a very long time when he developed these techniques. And so the book that I read is called whatever uh, what everybody is saying, and 
Well, I believe a lot of what's happening in this book is counting the hits and not the misses. He does he does talk about some of the misses um, that he had in the book, you know, where he was wrong, right? But he gives a lot of a lot of demonstrations about what he was right and what and what the, what he thought the keys were that that made him correct in that in that circumstance. I suspect that there's a lot of of uh, of not uh, of not counting the misses, right? And it would be mm-hmm. really interesting to actually test the guy in one of these other tests and see how see how he does if he's the expert, or to take him and have him train these people and see if they get better, right? To, to actually demonstrate that his techniques work. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, uh, regarding uh, that uh, that uh, two thousand fifty out of twenty thousand people. It is quite possible that there are a few of them in there who are just really good at uh, telling lies, uh, and uh, it, but it's just like a minority thing. Very few people uh, can do it. But if you, yeah, well, if you look up Joe Navarro, he's got the Dictionary of Body Language. He's got tons and tons of books on this subject. And while I don't buy it, I think it's worth a read. Um, because it does kind of let you know what their what their mindset are and what they think the body might be telling them during these things. And and he, you know, he makes a lot of claims about how he, you know, you know how he tested this and how he came up with all of these things. Um, and maybe he is good at it, but I suspect that in a in a real world test, much like what we saw with these other ones, that it might be all of his techniques would probably be no better than chance. And the one thing that he does say is that just be just that that body language is not enough to make a conviction. It, it might it might give you a hint that somebody's lying, but it still doesn't tell you what they're lying about and, and whether or not they're guilty. And so the one good, the one saving grace about this book and about Joe Navarro is that he never tried to convict anybody when uh, on these things. He just tried to tell if they were lying, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, I think I think that's entirely valid. Like, uh, if uh, if you're a police officer or whatever, and you've got a hunch that somebody is lying based on whatever you read on the person uh, or anything you want. You know, that, that might be uh, an avenue that takes you down a world of inquiry sure. or whatever, but sure. you, you, should, you shouldn't use it uh, as, uh, you know, like, you basically you got to keep in mind, you know, like, if you've got a suspicion, it's only a suspicion, you know, you, you can't, uh, don't, don't go too far with it and think you know more than you actually do. Exactly. And, and, it, and I think that, that he, uh, I, I, Joe Navarro would agree with that, right? Um, I, I don't think that he's ever been tested um, directly, but it, it's not enough to make a conviction. You, you, if you think the person's lying, you still have to substantiate that they're lying. Um, and, and I think and, and even if you're wrong and they're telling the truth, maybe, maybe it does help to do with the investigation. So it still can mm-hmm. be a tool, even though it's not 100 percent. But yeah, so anyway, so I, I did enjoy the book and, and I thought it was interesting. And so and uh, the reason I put the, the book that I put in here by Joe Navarro, uh, what everybody is what everybody is saying, is it's one of his cheaper books. The other ones are more like textbooks, and they're much more expensive. And this one you can get on Audible, so it, it, it's worth a read. Okay. I wonder, does he say? Does he acknowledge between, or I don't know if even well, people have had to, but uh, ch- between children to youth to adult. Uh, any difference in the way the uh, body language? Yeah, and I think he also took um, circumstances in in play as well, right? Nice. If somebody who's highly stressed, it's going to be really hard to tell whether they're lying or not. You're mainly just going to see that they're overly stressed. You, you, I I don't think until you get somebody comfortable that you can re- you're really going to be able to tell or not. 
It, it, because if, if somebody's highly stressed, everything they do is going to look like, it, you know, their body language is going to make them look like they're lying. And, and it's just stress. And I think that he, he talks about some of that in his book, if I remember correctly. Been a while since I read that. But if you're going to read only one of these two books, Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me. That book is fucking awesome. Mm. Okay. All right. That's Very good. good. All right. So what do you got for me, Mad Cat? My husband rubbing my back. Oh. Okay. Well, that's, that doesn't make for good podcasting. Well, if it was the uh, masturbation section, it might have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, not quite the same thing. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, there. I, I, I suppose uh, another good tip: uh, do it while getting a massage. That's a that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good one. To have. So. Yeah. They shall but call it mini, mini Moon, car-sized mini object moon. found orbiting Earth. Yeah, car-sized. Huh? And what? the first thing, uh, the guy who sent up his car in space, he said it's not his. <laughs> that that would be right um, away. He said that's not his car. Oh God, why can't I remember the guy's name? That's the Tesla guy. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, the car up. But Elon Musk. Elon Musk. In... There you go. So what is it? It is in the sky, of course. <laughs> Yay! The mini moon is spotted, uh, it was first spotted on February 15th, and the news was that... It says Earth has a new temporary capture. magnitude object is what they called it. Yeah. And it's been doing laps around the Earth for about three years. It says it's a temporary object, so it will eventually be thrown out. Yeah, that's what exactly they say is that it's, it's eventually going to go away. But for now, it's a little mini. Cool. Yeah. And it's uh, one point little visitor to our little area here. One point nine to three point five meters wide. So, so small. Just a small car, <clears throat> basically. Or size of. It's I mean, uh, it's a it's a pretty small asteroid. I'd imagine we have uh, asteroids that size uh, going into temporary orbits around Earth all the time. Right? I would I would think so too. I, I imagine that this yeah. is not an uncommon thing. And this isn't even. Uh, this is not any type of a risk to Earth with it doing this at all. Yeah, I think even that would burn up on our atmosphere, right? I mean, that, that, wouldn't, yeah. that wouldn't do any. I would imagine so. Yeah. That's... Yeah, our atmosphere does an awful lot of burning things up so it doesn't get to the ground, which is good for us. Oh, no. Your, is this your tango.com? It seems like we've, we've, we've done something from this website before. Man injects a chicken egg with his sperm and pulls out a tiny monster. This has got to be total bullshit. This, 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 <laughs> no, no, this is bullshit. This has got to be bullshit. Let's see. It, it is, yeah, we know what exactly it is, but I saw it, and even if it, even though it's not a science magazine type of thing or whatsoever, because we know, <laughs> basically, but it's... This whole, this whole site is a satire site, isn't it? Oh, it it's, might be. All right, tell me about the but article. This, has, this has been uh, going around for a bit, I think. Uh, what exactly it is is some some guy in, I guess, Germany had taken a sperm, plunked it into an egg, and said that a creature came out. Uh, the, first, the first two, I think he said, were when it was four. People say 40 days, but in one he says 10 days, let it incubate. And then when he opened it, he said the little creature came out. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, there, yeah. 
Uh, they well, have... wouldn't it wouldn't it be interesting if we could actually just do things like that, just yeah. experiment with? <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. But I mean, eh? <laughs> it's uh, there was one thing it said in here that uh, way back in old times they they had. Where is it? I forgot where exactly it was. No, they had a uh, alchemist <clears throat> named Paraclus. Paracelsus. Paracelsus. Thank you, guys. Good. (laughs) Paracelsus. Okay, got it. And he was self-proclaimed expert on the homunculus, which is basically a human humanoid uh, being creature that is constructed through using human sperm with and female eggs too, with uh, with human sperm. But. he allegedly injected a, into a horse's womb his uh, the sperm of a man. I don't know who now, when you when you say injected, uh, do do we mean like uh, indirectly injected, or is that just a euphemism he used for, because somebody fucked a horse? I think it may have been a euphemism, or someone got out the uh, got out the turkey baster and <laughs> you know went right to it. Um, <laughs> He said that in his. This notes, is under the science that, stuff. You realize that you put this under science stuff, right? Stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. This, this, this goes under the Bigfoot section. I'm sorry. Or what the fuck? <laughs> or, or what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> this should have gone under what the fuck. I was. <laughs> yes. I was not sure where exactly to it put it. It goes under what the fuck. Well, it, it goes <laughs> because man ejects chicken egg with his own sperm and pulls out tiny mancer. That belongs under what the fuck. Have you, <laughs> have you watched the little uh, video thing? Someone, no, I, I haven't watched the video thing. This, well, the video this, thing, someone explains The it site where you got this from it, it is basically a tabloid site, right? Yeah, uh, your tango. I love it. I mean, here, here's the under under expert advice. Here, here's here's some of the articles that you can experience under expert advice. Uh, the smartest, uh, see, the smartest people uh, poses these four traits of emotional intelligence: how to gain, how to how to calm yourself down when social anxiety kicks in. Why why guys with high confident confidence personality types are so frustratingly hot. How to stop complaining and just be happy in life. Six unrealistic relationship goals you have that are low. Let's see, low key killing your uh, killing your life. Uh, let's see how to overcome past trauma so it doesn't destroy your current relationship. I mean, <laughs> I guess some of these could it's be okay. Hilarious. What emotional intelligence? I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like the, none of those are as off the wall as it. this. Yeah, this they, article seems uh, more oh, along the lines of Bat Boy more. Weekly World News type of thing, which uh, yeah. isn't it a shame that uh, people of this generation won't have the pleasure of seeing the Weekly World News like sure. on the newsstand it's, as they're going through the checkout. They're just finding that stuff online these days. Hey, but th- there, there's a there's a zodiac and horoscope section. <laughs> yep, must Pick have it. the horoscope section everywhere. What? You know that. Well, you know those, those are in uh, mainstream uh, sure, newspapers they are. and stuff but too. But here we go. Pick it a tarot works to get the stuff sold. Pick a tarot card reader and find out what's in store for your zodiac sign. March 2020 love horoscope. Today's horoscopes for all zodiac signs. Okay, and there's a lot of that going on. The Ultimate Leo Compatibility Guide. Yay. This is gold. (laughs) 
Oh, perfect. What about Scorpio? Uh. <laughs> Did they say anything about us besides us terrorizing and ripping things apart? No, they like Leos much more. Ah, frickin' hey. <laughs> anyway, the, what is the, more more but, but, exciting about Leos okay. than Scorpios? But the site is full of fluff pieces. That's what I'm getting it at is. here. I know, I know. <laughs> but I thought it was amusing, and I had seen this seen about this before, where uh, someone was debunking it, but. I can't find that now. But, like, this one he's taken out looks like uh, dog noodles. Here. Here. This is from Elite Reader, okay? And it it says, OMG, guy creates monster in his basement by injecting his own sperm and chicken egg. And and so, (laughs) uh, I'm wondering, I I, I would bet, I'll bet you that you can track this back to um, a, a satirical site somehow. So this one just says copyright elite reader. Elite reader doesn't necessarily seem. I I I gotta believe that that somewhere this was put into a satirical site and has made its way to Tango. Oh yeah, it's been out for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it, and it's, it's hilarious too because he says uh, after the first couple ones that had died, one lived, but it didn't live very long because it spit acid and he kind of killed it. <laughs> It has to link back to a satirical site somewhere. <laughs> this is a spoof. <laughs> I mean, like, but he... like, I, like I said, it would be awesome if we could just, use, like, without getting fancy degrees in, in uh, genetic engineering and stuff and, like, uh, be going all mad scientist and setting up a secret lab and doing secret... Apparently, you don't have to do that. No, just... <laughs> Put your sperm into an egg, whatever. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> is there, that is would there, be awesome. Is there a source for this on the site? Do they give a source? Uh, on the one site, it has the... Um, on the Elite Readers, it does have the video. Oh, did um, you put the Elite Reader up there, one too? Vi- one of the videos. Oh, you did. About it. Okay, so you did put the Elite Reader up there as well. So I yeah, found, elite, that's the other one I found up. But but does it link and to a source? And the one. Those were my sources for it. I had rem- I had heard about it from uh, po- another podcast. Here, here's another good one from Elite Reader. Man with two penises <laughs> answers everyone's perverted <laughs> questions. Why why didn't this go in the masturbation moment? <laughs> I didn't notice it. <laughs> <laughs> now I have that is funny. <laughs> but. Uh, Ten uh, Rippers uh, who puts the act put by Jack the Ripper to shame. Oh my God! I, I, this has got it. Is is this a satirical site? Probably. It's got to be. But it's. Come on. I would have some perverted questions for a man with two penises. <laughs> See, yeah, well, I, I that I, I believe I was, this is this has got to be a spoof. Oh my God! I'm not sure, but the two penises. There may be people who have them or had because something like that more than likely one of them would be removed right at birth type of thing. I heard a joke uh, about a, uh, a man with a uh, man like uh, divulging that he has five penises and his friend, and friend says, wow, how, how do you, how, how do condoms fit you? Like a glove. Hmm. Uh, okay. he has five penises. Uh, that still went way over my head. I'm sorry. Sugar. What was the answer again? Never mind. Sugar baby pays off 
her students' debt with her help from her five sugar daddies. Woo-hoo. Oh my God, th- this site has so many good articles. <laughs> <laughs> These are, <laughs> but it's also on uh, YouTube and it used to be in a couple of other places, but I couldn't find it. However, I am amused with the factor that every time he does one of these, a different creature come, a type of creature comes out. Like there's this one that is just like a finger or something with a little, what seems like a tongue at the top. And there's another one that's kind of like a starfish. You'll want to listen to this one, dumbass. It's like, seems kind of like a starfish, moves like a starfish, and has an eye in the middle. Uh, I've, uh, I think I've seen depictions of such creatures. Yeah, it was on, let me see, it was on the Justice League cartoon. <laughs> Superman got attacked by them. That's probably where I saw it. I, I knew that, uh, I saw that image somewhere. Yeah, both of us watched it together. <laughs> but I, I'm just finding it funny that they come out different. This one, like we said, from exact same thing as off of cartoon and he said it said something about the one only gets its food from water and something just permeates the skin and he was going to put the two of them in a tank together to see how they interact nothing on that yet okay (laughs) (laughs) i like your sperm shirt it's cute isn't it i'd never thought of it uh Wow, it made lots of things look cute, but that that sperm is cute. And it's a tank top, practically a wife beater. <laughs> yeah, practically. <laughs> it doesn't have the holes in it to. Oh yeah, it's missing that. that extra. Yeah, and of course the monster erotica. It yeah. Came up when it said sperm. Okay. All right. Well, are we ready to move on? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I have I have a message for 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 uh, for dumbass from David Ike. Oh, yeah, I hear it. Yeah, it's just, this is, I think it was just for you. I'm going to start this week with well the obvious story because it's dominated everything, and that's the coronavirus in um, China. And uh, just to show you how easy it is for the few to control the world, uh, some people apparently believe that this coronavirus is connected to. <laughs> The beer of the same name, uh, but I've got some news for him. Uh, it, it's actually not um, not the cause of the coronavirus. It's the cause of Lyme disease. It's all those limes they stick in. So that's sorted that out. <laughs> what, here's what I don't know about that. It really is David Icke. I got it from his website. I, I don't know if it's a joke or not. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It's hard that, to that, tell. That, that sounds like a joke. But, but, but it's I David mean, Icke. Like a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh. Yes, um, yeah, this uh, uh, is regarding uh, the topic that uh, I am about to talk about, um, which uh, I have labeled uh, Is the Coronavirus a Disaster for Corona Beer? And um, uh, this came out, out of a uh, disagreement I had with somebody online, a, uh, an amicable disagreement, uh, uh, but uh, like a, a little discussion. Um, it started off on this, uh, th- this meme that uh, uh, basically uh, it, uh, the, the meme suggests that uh, uh, the company that makes Corona beer uh, are paying good money to try to have uh, the name of the virus changed to Bud Light virus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has um, to be one word because then it just flows. <laughs> no, it, it should be the Miller virus. That way it could be the Champagne of viruses. <laughs> Ooh, 
champagne viruses. That one's good. <laughs> now, I, I think I think uh, we we all know here that uh, the Corona beer has uh, nothing to do with the coronavirus. Just saying that uh, right off the bat here, uh, just to be clear. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I put in a comment in there that uh, that I thought that uh, we should probably expect uh, Corona to experience. An increase in sales because of this, just uh, because of the, um, uh, the the fact that it's in everybody's uh, mind space. It's uh, due to a, a psychological effect known as priming, actually, uh, which is when your choices are subconsciously ex- affected by other cues in your environment, even though they may not be related in any meaningful way to uh, whatever the thing is. Like, for example, there was one study um, done in a grocery store where they alternated uh, each day playing music uh, that was either stereotypically French or stereotypically German. And they did this for a two-week period and compiled the numbers. And they found that on the days when French music was playing, people were more likely to buy French wine. And on the days that German music were, was playing, people were more likely to buy German wine. Uh, the thing, it's, it's priming your, your brain. It's, it's in your mind space. Basically, uh, if uh, the French and German wines are, uh, you, you like them equally, the, maybe some French music playing might you, make you think of France and you see a French wine there and say, you know what, I'm in a French mood tonight kind of deal. Hmm. Um, that, that is a valid tactic for uh, advertising to use different types of stimuli, specifically uh, sight and sound, to uh, indicate the customer to buying specific things. All right. Yes, there are a lot of tricks that uh, uh, that oh, yeah. marketers and such use in order to try to get you in the right mood to buy a certain product, and and priming is just one of them. One of the subtle ways that you you can be influenced, and it's it's not like a, um, a super a... manipulative thing. It's just uh, uh, you know like a, a hint. You know, trying trying to influence you like like all advertising does. Yep. Okay. So um, you're so you're suggesting that. It could increase the sale of Corona beer. Correct. Okay. Um, that my my. However, um, and, it might do the opposite, depending. Uh, yeah, the the um the allegation on that front is that uh, well, since the association uh, with uh, the coronavirus is so negative, people might get an icky feeling around the word, and that might uh, drive things down. Um, uh, I, I suppose it's possible. Like bad publicity can have negative consequences. Uh, although I will say, like the the priming effect uh, can often still hold up, even if uh, the association isn't really a positive one. Regarding all this, I, I got a response telling me to uh, go look it up because apparently the company has uh, suffered uh, quite a bit uh, due to uh, the uh, coronavirus negative publicity. And so I went and I did the research on it, and I learned a lot of things. Um, and I thought I would share it with more than just one guy on the internet. So you can share with two of us. So let, let me let me just say a couple of things here. Number one, I right, I, I drink beer, I buy beer. I did not make this connection, and it it did not encourage me to buy or not buy Corona. I already don't. <laughs> Le voilà. It's just it's just not a beer that I that I that I care for. Uh, but I have a, but one of the guys I bowl with drinks Coronas, and it hasn't affected his Corona intake at all. He drinks them every week. Just the same, um, mm. and uh, and and it maybe it's the limes giving him Lyme disease. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> that Lyme disease is very that difficult. Lyme disease. <laughs> 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 
but he does put that lime in it every week, and you know. <laughs> um, but you know, I didn't. I didn't even make this connection, <laughs> which is kind of funny, <laughs> uh, because Corona is not is not a beer that's really on my radar. Yeah, but you did make the connection with lime. Oh well, yeah, because Corona and lime. I mean, if you are, if you have to drink a Corona, you you can't do it without a lime. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you mm. did it with a lime and a lime. Now, yeah, we we uh, we <laughs> should say here that uh, the name Corona uh, means crown, um, and I guess uh, the Corona beer they're they're uh, uh, trying to show them they're, they're like the king of beers, maybe, or like you know, like at some sort of beer royalty. Um, they're, they're trying to like give that impression, I think. Um, uh, it's, the, one, the, the, it's one the name step of the above Land Shark. <laughs> what? It's one step above Sorry, Land Shark. It's it's not exactly a quality beer here. It, it, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 like drinking Budweiser. It's it, it, it's a it's a pilsner. Oh, it's, weak, it's, weak, weak. It's weak. It's boring. <laughs> <sighs> well, regardless of the quality of the beer, um, the, the the name of the coronavirus <laughs> is named after um, after uh, features on the virus itself that look like a crown. So um, neither is named after the other. They they are both named from the word for crown. Okay. So basically, the coronavirus is crowning people. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I looked it up, and um, there are a number of facts that uh, in a lot of articles uh, that have been given to show that uh, uh, the Corona beer and uh, the company that owns them, Constellation Brands, has been uh, suffering. Uh, very heavily uh, because of the coronavirus. Um, and uh, I will list these off for you. The first one is that um, uh, Constellation's brand stock has taken a huge hit, falling nearly 11%. And this is, and this uh, just, is just recently that this has happened. Yeah, just recently, just in, just in February. Okay. The, the, uh, actually, I think, uh, I, I think maybe like end of January, early February, I think, like right as soon as a lot of the stuff happened, right as soon as uh, the first uh, communicable cases in the United States started appearing and started being reported on. Um, and and uh, you, you can see like right, right at that time, like it just starts to fall right there. The next one is that uh, the Constellation brands, they've reported a $170 million in losses uh, caused by a drop in sale in China of, uh, of their beer. Well, but I mean, everything is suffering in China because nobody can get out of their homes to buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, yes, I, and I'll be getting to that. Um, but yes, uh, that 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 is one of the things ah, I've got here. January thirtieth was the first uh, U.S. case uh, of a person-to-person spread of the uh, coronavirus, and on that day, searches for terms like "corona beer virus" spiked dramatically which uh, suggests that people were uh, confusing the beer and the virus. Uh, the next point uh, uh, that I've got here is that there was a survey conducted by a company named YouGov, which found that consumers' intent to purchase, that, uh, the way they put it, Corona, fell to its lowest point in two years, and their buzz score also dropped significantly. These are um, basically measures of uh, public perception uh, of the beer. And then there, there's this one um, uh, that uh, uh, there is a survey put out by a public relations firm called 5W Public Relations. And the big headline was that uh, 30, 38% of Americans, quote, would not buy Corona beer under any circumstances. 
because of the outbreak is how a, uh, a lot of the articles often put it. Um, there, there is even a, uh, a quote from uh, the head of uh, 5W Public Relations, Ron Tarosian. He says, there is no question that Corona beer is suffering because of the coronavirus. So um, all these facts here, you know, you, you got to get me thinking, was I wrong? And are people really that stupid? Are almost 40% <laughs> of people really confused enough to think that there is a link between Corona the beer and Corona the virus? Um, that... Uh, you, you never know. That seems like a remarkably high number to me, but you know, like you, you see that reporting all over the place, people are like, man, people are so stupid and just ragging on them about this and everything. So, um, I tried to look up answers for this and uh, I will handle these points one at a time. First, regarding the drop in stock prices, it's entirely possible that the word association between Corona, the virus, and the beer helped cause a big drop. But, of course, we should remember that the stock market in general is taking a big hit right now because of the coronavirus. And that uh, even if there is a link here, it doesn't really have anything to do with the sales of Corona beer. That's just the stock prices. Um, and that seems while it, likely. Go ahead. I mean, I mean that, that seems likely. Everything is taking a hit. Yeah. And as, uh, as you were mentioning before, Brian, while it's true that Constellation Brands took a big hit in Chinese sales, this is true of other beer manufacturers in China, too. For example, the Danish brewer Carlsberg also announced that its beer sales have been significantly impacted in China. And uh, as you were saying, this is pretty much because people just aren't frequenting bars and restaurants over there right now. Uh, th that would be my first guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, pretty much beer sales in China are down pretty much across the board. Uh, there's no uh, information to say that Corona is faring any worse than any of the others in China or anything along those lines. Regarding the uh, the search terms, it's it's kind of hard to decipher why people search for things. You can't get into their minds uh, and, and see what they're thinking. It's possible that somebody searching for a search term like Corona beer virus might be confused about the link. Um, but uh, also, there might be people who are searching for humorous memes relating the two, such as the one that uh, started off my uh, whole investigation here. Okay, so uh, how do you come down? It, I mean, are, they, are they, is is the Corona virus hurting their sales because of because of the name, or just because of other economic issues? I'm betting it's more so because of other economic issues and. It seems coronavirus has not come up. <laughs> coronavirus has a lot more advertisements than Corona. Uh, well, Corona has plenty, uh, plenty of. I mean, listen, it, it's it's a popular beer, right? It, as far as as far as beers go, it it's a popular beer, and that is true. Quite frankly, if you gave me one, I would drink it, but but I would never go out of my way to buy one because when I go to look at beer, there's a hundred other beers. That 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 tastes better, right? That that, that are true. more inter yeah. that are more interesting, right? It's a beer connoisseur, so, which I which I I, I I would consider myself a connoisseur of beer and not just a drinker of beer. Well, the Corona <laughs> is also a well below that itself, but uh, it's also below the blue. I mean, let, let's so, let's compare to to, get... to to Topo Chino, right? Which is the Mexican spring water. Why are people buying Mexican water? Everybody talks about how they go to Mexico and they get sick off the water, and now Americans are buying Topo Chino 
um, water by, by the cases. Why are we paying Maybe for Mexican that. water? Maybe because Michigan needs it. <laughs> Maybe because Michigan needs it. That's a good point. I'm sorry. So to give you some, some numbers here about these search terms, search terms for variations on the term coronavirus virus spiked to over like 70,000 in this time period. But um, there is a corollary to that, too, because uh, if you look at searches for just a term corona beer or corona or whatever, they spiked dramatically from uh, about 50,000 to over 200,000 searches for corona. However, could it be just people searching up Corona and coming and the search engines pulling up Corona beer? Now, they, these are um, yeah, the search. Uh, corona, beer? corona beer, yes. Okay, because if it's just uh, corona, the, the search term it lists here is, is uh, it, no, no. I'm uh, I might have I might have said uh, uh, Corona, but yeah, I meant uh, they're they're searching for a Corona beer. The search term is Corona beer, spiking uh, from. Yeah, over 400% growth is, is what we've seen. Um, the, the brand has never seen a spike that huge before. Oh, so, how many brands have? I would not know the answer to that, but the, uh, this is definitely showing uh, what I was talking about. The, uh, I, I believe the effect of priming, uh, the word corona is on people mi people's minds and maybe causes them to be a bit more curious about the beer, where they can get it. Um, or maybe they just, uh, you know, uh, they're just uh, interested in a, in a party and like want to buy some cases, whatever. Listen, um, I, it, I, I will buy buy curious, but I will not buy Corona beer curious. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever the case, it seems that there is a lot of extra in, uh, interest in actually the Corona beer without any reference to the virus mm, okay. Uh, okay. that is showing up that, that I would suggest uh, probably has something to do with, uh, the, with this priming effect. Hmm. Um, I, had, I had no trouble drinking Corona when I was in college. Sure, when I you mean, were in college. Emails are free. <laughs> that, that? That's when you experiment with Corona, when you're in college, and then you get out of college and you move on to better beers. No, 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 no. The thing is, is that I'm female. I got it free. Uh, well, see, there you go, right? Exactly. Listen, if somebody gives me a free Corona, I'm going to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't anymore because alcohol does not sit well with me <laughs> anymore ever since I moved out here to Elba. Oh, well, that's funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, regarding the um, the survey uh, done by 5W Public Relations that said that 38% of Americans would not buy Corona beer under any circumstances. The, uh, like the headlines seem, uh, always uh, state that this was due to the coronavirus. However, the, the company has released some of their data. They, they haven't released um, a lot of it. They've, uh, they've kind of like given, given out the questions that they used and stuff and like won't, won't uh, tell anybody anything else about their message or anything or even like give the answers to all the questions. Um, but uh, the question, as it was asked on the survey, didn't even mention the coronavirus. Hmm. Just basically 38% of beer-drinking Americans uh, said that uh, they would not buy corona under any circumstances right now, which um, no, none of them specifically said that it was because of the coronavirus. So putting that in is very poor journalism. Yeah. Um, actually, that, there, there is a, a question that they ask here. Uh, regarding uh, the coronavirus, uh, 
in light of the coronavirus, do you plan to stop drinking Corona? Um, <laughs> and only 4% of the people who usually drink Corona said that they plan to stop. Listen. Which is a completely different story than uh, what we're being told on these headlines, which seem very, very clickbaity. So here's the thing. It's at like 14% of them wouldn't drink it in public. Yeah, that's because it's embarrassing to be caught drinking Corona in public. Oh, are we ever stomping them? It's got, it's got nothing to do with the coronavirus. It's that it's you're drinking Corona in public. <laughs> and some asshole is going gonna, is gonna to be sitting there going... You came all the way to this bar, and and there's 70 beers on that wall, and you're going to have a fucking Corona or a Bud Light? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Apparently, only 16% of beer drinkers were confused about whether the Corona beer was related to the coronavirus, which, if uh, which did, you know, if people are saying that uh, uh, 38% of Americans would uh, avoid Corona beer because of this, that number would... Make no sense, but of course, <laughs> that's not what it was saying. Nope. Have a Labatt's Blue. I'm telling you, the, 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 it's, cool. it's, it's, it, it, the, the biggest problem that, that, that Corona has is microbreweries. Okay? I'm saying that, that, that's the biggest problem they have. <laughs> Microbreweries? Microbreweries. Listen, uh, they're, they're, oh, microbreweries. Microbreweries. I can go to a, to a pub that has, a hundred beers on the wall. And get a little patch blue. <laughs> I should be getting promotion payment here for this, shouldn't I? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so regarding regarding the uh, the study that showed the drop in intent to purchase and stuff, kind of seems like this kind of metric is actually not very closely related, but not not only very loosely correlated with. Uh, actual purchases and uh, the current drop that we're seeing there is actually not far out of line with the highs and lows that have been reported for the brand for the past two years. Sure, it, um, yeah, probably. It, the, here, Coronas is going to sell better during the summer. Period. It's a summer beer. It's not a winter beer. You stick that yeah. trigger in uh, cold water and some ice. Exactly. This this, this is this is a sitting on on the fr on your porch covering the label type of beer because mm -hmm. you still don't want to be uh, seen you know, drinking well, well, a Corona. Speaking of priming, I mean that that <laughs> speaking of priming, that's a this is a prime example of priming. <laughs> is that uh, cor <laughs> Corona Corona beer uh, uh, associates their beer with uh, some relaxing in the summertime, you know, on on a beach. Uh, uh, on like a beach chair and yep, just yep, that's you know, true. yeah, enjoying yourself and uh, that that's how they primed it so that their sales will go up in the summer. And and and, um, and there's a, and there's some health self hate too when you buy a Corona. <laughs> <laughs> We're just ragging on Corona here. <laughs> We're gonna get kicked by Corona. But Oh Yo, my God! Go get yourself a nice Kolsch, okay? Try, try, try a nice Kolsch. Maybe a sour. Maybe a sour. A Kolsch. A Kolsch. A nice Kolsch. Yeah. yeah. Maybe um, you know, maybe, maybe a, a nice German wheat beer. Yeah. Maybe a yeah. Uh, yeah. We had but anyway going in the back of our uh, field at the property we had, and you know, my parents sold the property. Didn't do anything with the with the hop trees, so. though. Oh. 
That's too yeah. bad. So bottom um, line is that 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 the Corona beer is probably not really being affected by um, by the coronavirus. Right. Well, it, it, it seems I've found word from the company actually, and it seems that this uh, current drop in intent to purchase is in fact not indicative of an actual drop in sales because the company has uh, reported that their sales have almost doubled in the U.S. between January and February. In the four weeks uh, leading up to February 16th, they rose by 5%, just about double the trend from the past 52 weeks. I hear popcorn. See, there you go. This is a, this, when you ask people these questions, this is about embarrassment of saying that they buy this beer. They're not going to admit to it. There is. That, that is possibly a factor. <laughs> Because some beer there snob, a... some beer snob is listening to this and is going to make fun of them later. I don't know who that beer snob is. Besides you. Well, what? Right, that guy. So yeah, <laughs> uh, it um, uh, based on that data, it seems that I was uh, uh, probably right that um, you know that uh, the the sales of Corona like nearly doubled just as the coronavirus started making the news. That's funny. Uh, that uh, that seems like a, I think a, a pretty solid reason to believe that uh, I was correct on this about uh, the priming effect. Now, um, with the uh, stock market fluctuations and uh, the huge drops they're seeing in China, will the uh, will the increase in sales um, that they see in America? And I'm imagining over other areas of the world too. Will will that make up for it? Uh, will it be a wash for the company, or will they come out below? I I don't know enough to venture a guess about that so i guess there are some good things and bad things going on here um well, you don't have people going out to the pubs as much so yeah 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 uh they've definitely taken a big hit in china um that 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 has hurt them and they've taken a hit in the stock market but it seems that their sales um elsewhere seem to be doing just fine and do, doing uh, a lot better than they've been question though what about the other beers have the other beers been uh having the same boost as the corona you mean in the united states i mean um i, well, I don't that's think where I... this is about is the u.s yeah and any news i i, I haven't i haven't heard that uh, there's been a general increase in beer sales in the united states so I, I i don't think that would be the case um if if all beers beers uh beer companies had reported a similar increase in sales then i guess we could say that i was wrong about this and that uh uh, they were just following the trend of everybody else, but uh, I, I think it's uh, it's uh, limited to uh, mostly Corona beer here because of the word associated. Oh, I'm thinking so as well. I'm just thinking of the other part where it could be a difference with that. Hmm. I don't think there really is, but it could always be. So I, I have a list here of uh, a list of Texas breweries. And so I'm going to give this list to you, uh, dumbass, and I'd like you to give me an independent report on each one of these breweries to let me know how they're doing. So, so that... <laughs> oh, fuck, I've got homework. <laughs> just, just, let, just let me know which ones, you know, I should be more interested than others, right? I mean. <laughs> In beer? Well, you are. Actually, I, I, I already know a lot of these breweries. So, yeah, that, that's basically the situation. I mean, I mean like... Yeah. Uh, uh, the coronavirus has affected the company uh, in in certain ways, um, but uh, uh, the idea that uh, people uh, most people are too stupid to well not most well forty percent of people <laughs> are too stupid to uh, tell that there's no correlation here 
is nonsense. Okay. Um, okay. And any any claims that their sales uh, are going down are unfounded. All right. Okay, dokes. What about that reality check, though? I still want to plead with people. Stop stop buying this beer. There there there's better stuff out there. Please drink something else. Anything else. Drink and I don't and I don't mean anything else. When I say anything else, I don't mean Bud Light, Coors Light, Bud Coors. I mean I mean go find a microbrew. Any microbrew. I promise you you'll find something better. I'm pleading with you. Stop 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 drinking that beer. <laughs> there, there's so much better stuff out there. So much more entertaining, so much more interesting stuff out there. That's what's gonna hurt their sales right there. Oh, that, that pitch. Ah, uh, and that Topachino water, you know, that Mexican spring water, it's owned by Coca Cola now. No wonder it's so <laughs> fucking popular. Of course it is. God damn it, Mexican water. Coca Cola is selling Mexican water to all of this to, to everybody in the United. Everybody, they're selling Mexican water to everybody. What a total con. <gasps> oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. We, that, that, I, I that. still like the air. <laughs> the Perry air? Yes. <laughs> Dumbass, I'd just like to thank you for that in-depth report. Oh, thank you very much, Brian. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> so I think at this point... So we'll say, I guess we're calling it for the night? Yeah, we say goodnight, everybody, now. <laughs> goodnight, everybody, now. And that's, that's another one in the beer can. In the beer can, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennel. Find more Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraitry.